Bonjour and bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles. This is the place to tune in to hear chats about all things French to keep our Francophile vibes happening when we're not able to be in France. Je m'appelle Lou and I'd like to welcome all the Francophilers listening in from across the globe as we share French experiences with guests who live in Australia, France and around the world. Now today I have a lovely friend who I have known since we were in school many years ago. Thanks so much for your time today, ma belle amie Barbara Keenan et bonjour. Oh, bonjour. I am so happy to be here. We were school friends when you came over to Australia as an exchange student from Stockton, California. You married an Aussie and stayed here. And then we reconnected a couple of years ago. And I recall that we were always foodies even way back in school days. We both always loved French food and we always loved French things. And now even more so. Well, you know, my parents both were good cooks and both raised me. Food is love. Yes. And food is welcoming family and friends and food is also kind of how I judge where I'm going and what I do so um, well so you also do a podcast yourself called G'day all that you do with your mate Phil from USA Foods where you work that's right so we get a chance to talk about a similar sort of thing Americans that are living in Australia Mm -hmm. a lot of the customers of USA Foods and what we miss and sort of American foods that yeah can't get here or you know our grandmother's recipes so Phil and I just talk about food constantly so we've decided just to put it to good use. Well we have listeners from across the US so we will put the links to your podcast on the Little Bell's Francophiles uh, website as well. So you cook for all the US holiday events with all the traditional dishes. Given that French cuisine is full of tradition do you think that it's had any influence on other cuisines like American cuisine? Oh, absolutely. And I think that goes back to, well, a couple of things. Culturally, um, if you're in the upper class or very nice hotels, the epitome of fine dining was French food. Mm -hmm. So that was always the standard. And French waiters, you you know, and French chefs. Also, if you're learning to be a chef, that is the place to be, is to go to France and learn there. But I think Julia Child did it a lot for the everyday family. Um, she was on my television after school. I watched her. She taught many people how to cook with abandon and how to cook things that looked a little bit scary, sauces. And, you know, we use, we do gravy and lots of casserole things, but here is a more refined and, you know, like a roast, a French roast chicken is magnificent and that's not that far off. So I think that sort of, um, brought France to a lot of people that might not ever get the opportunity to travel or experiment. Yes, Julia Child, she really opened up a whole world of food for the average American, I think, and it made a huge difference culturally. And she did. And even if she had very sort of difficult things, you know, if anyone's seen Julie and Julia when she's making the the, uh, gelatin out of the calves. Yeah, (laughs) I love that movie. It's wonderful. (laughs) Me too. But she was so warm and open and she had Mm. such a love for what she was doing (laughs) yeah and and a little bit crazy good crazy like you know like we like to be tell us how your passion well maybe it was julia that was how your passion for all things frenchy started well i think i think she cemented it because she's Mm. like my cooking auntie during the day i'm an Mm. i'm an only child with my mom and i stayed you know i had a lot of time on my own and um so mom used to read madeline to me as a child 
And so I had always imagined the houses covered in vines with those, you know, all little girls in two straight lines walking down the streets of Paris. Oh, and then, yes. Yeah, I loved it. And then my grandmother, we loved Edith Piaf. So I can remember being a very small child, either that or I lived a different life, you know, in the past. Mm. Um, and then uh, Julia and just my dad uh, also took me to a fancy restaurant one night, just mm. my dad and I, and it was a French restaurant, and I ate escargot. <gasps> and I adored it. I adored it. And that was it. Voila. That was it. And then after that, nothing else tasted. I can remember dipping the bread into the mm. garlic butter. Mm. And I just, that was it. I was taken on the journey. And also I had a little connection that I found out later. Um, my cousin was married to F. Scott Fitzgerald. So my cousin oh. was Zelda Fitzgerald. So oh. she was wandering around Paris with Hemingway and, mm. and everyone wow. else. I, I always, that's yeah, so that's I an incredible to, connection. Well, yes, and we share a family name. Mm. Um, and she just had this tragic, beautiful story. And mm. I think um, I always wanted to just see where she stood because mm. no one in my family were, you know, that was amazing. And I was just like, if I could stand where she stood, that would be amazing. So I think that's what sent me on my way. And even seeing her as a character represented in Midnight in Paris and in other <gasps> You know, in oh, other yes. movies and in other literature, that would be quite incredible too. A lovely connection to oh, Paris. It was, and she was quite a good writer herself, and unfortunately mm. her timing was off. Well, you and I by chance happened to be in Paris at the same time in 2018, and we caught up for a morning coffee when I had just arrived and you were just about to leave. <laughs> and we were in the 6th, I think, near to where Hemingway lived. What was the name of that cafe that we went to? It was just exquisite. Um, it's Delmar. Cafe oh, Delmar. Del and it was in a gorgeous and little square with a big tree in the middle and it had beautiful old gorgeous buildings around it and we sat out on the oh, yeah. on the street. But it also had a piano inside and it, it looked like it was one of those places that where the Belle Epoque would have taken off and been such an exciting place to be back at that time of Zelda. Oh, it was. See, I went there in the morning for second breakfast. And I also, <laughs> I was there one late one warm night and there was a gentleman playing funny hmm. Hotel California on the accordion in the middle of the square. Oh. With the fountain going and kids running around and, and I was having drinks and it was just, you could, you could picture yourself there. What a perfect moment though for you being from California and growing up there and then hearing Hotel California played on an accordion, <laughs> which is so French, in the middle of Paris. That's a really bizarre kind of situation. It, it was, and I was, and I was just like, I cannot, I have to pinch myself. And I think they thought I was a very crazy lady because I had such a smile on my face and it hurt. I think I had the whole time I was there, my face just hurt from smiling. <laughs> What's your fave part of Paris or France? Oh, look, um, I had so many oh moments, but I, probably the first day I was there, I wandered. I wanted to find Shakespeare and Co. for the obvious reasons mm. we spoke about before. And I just put on Google Maps and I just wandered and went down cobblestone streets. And um, I felt really at home close to there. I was quite close to it. And I was trying to look for the street where you have to turn off to find the actual bookstore. Mm -hmm. And then I hear these bells pealing. Mm. And I look up and there's Notre Dame. I was so busy looking down and looking at my map and looking to my left and my right. I didn't look above and straight ahead of me. And then I actually, I teared up. 
because it just hit me. I was in Paris. I was making one of my dreams come true. Mm. And um, I knew I had to suck in every moment. And um, that was it. So that little area near Notre Dame. It is a lovely little area, that little Latin quarter on on the uh, left bank there. It's beautiful. And and. And being from Australia and I'm from the States, we don't, I don't get to see anything ancient. So no. knowing the streets that you're walking down, you know, have been there for so many centuries, that just makes me feel very special when I'm there as well. Outside the front of Notre Dame, there's a section where you can go down under the ground and you see the original foundations and the original streets of Paris because, of course, over the years it's built up and up and up. You can go down underneath. It's quite an incredible view and experience to go down and see the original spaces where people actually walked but yeah that sense of history we don't have you're quite right and it's lovely to get that in a city that we have read so much about and we've seen so often in movies and on television and then you get to feel it for yourself and it's quite overwhelming at times I think. Oh, it is and actually when I was walking to that cafe every morning because I'd have my breakfast at the hotel and then I'd nick down to have second breakfast mm. and I would touch you pass the original wall of Paris yeah on the way, on the back road to it. And every day I would touch it on the way there and I'd touch it on the way back. And I was just like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do this again. So I'm going to take it in. So where we caught up at Café Del Mar, there mm-hmm. was the door around the corner and you told me about it and I didn't know about it. It's a blue door of the apartment where Hemingway lived. Is that right? Yeah, his, very, his first apartment in Paris mm. where he was very poor. He was mar- married to Hadley. Mm-hmm. And uh, they lived there, and there was no running water. There was no toilet. There Goodness. was a bucket system of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would go down. There's several places that he would haunt in Paris, but mm. he would go down to that cafe because that would be his local. Mm. Um, and just looking at that, thinking, oh, if you could put yourself back down into that era, what it all looked like. And But I found, I don't know about you, Lou, but when I landed and when I got into the city, I just felt inspired. I can see how people go there to be creative. There's no light like it. Like the sky is different. You know, it just is inspiring. So it I is can see beautiful. how all this magnificent art came from it and writing. Absolutely. I have a sense each time I go that I actually can breathe out and I feel like I'm home, which is a bizarre feeling when you've never lived there. Yes. It, but that's how it feels. Well, I thought that too. I Really, when I was wandering those streets my first day, I had no fear of getting lost. I had no fear of anything. I just felt at home and, you know, I had no worry about what was around the next corner. I just wandered, which was magnificent. Oh, I, I love that. I felt more at home there than I probably had anywhere else. Yeah, I, I love that. How did that trip that you're talking about, how did that trip come about for you? I had a moment with my husband, you know, I struck this moment. We're in the car and I'm going through Facebook and there was an ad for Girl's Guide to Paris, which is a magnificent travel company. Mm. Um, and it's very small groups. And I had been reading it for months and I don't know what struck me. I said, oh, look, honey, they're having a tour in September. Um, <laughs> they only have about six to eight people. He goes, well, why don't you ask about it? So I actually emailed in the car while I was sitting next to him. <laughs> <laughs> No time like the present. And that's exactly right. So it ended up being sort of like an early 50th present. And luckily it was the sort of trip that I wanted to do small group and I went to places that they had organized this amazing places I also had a bit of free time it was experiences it wasn't touristy which there's nothing wrong with touristy but I didn't want to go to see to climb the Eiffel Tower I didn't want to do a lot of shopping I didn't want to do that sort of stuff 
So we were at art galleries, really lovely restaurants. Um, we had our flower arranging day, which was amazing. Mm. Um, we went to a design show. So all these really different experiences, uh, which were just once-in-a-lifetime experiences, and I'm so happy I did it. Yes. Well, I was going to ask you to paint a picture of your most beautiful French experiences, and I think you've just done that brilliantly. What, <laughs> what has been one of the most unexpected things to occur in France? Something that you didn't expect when you were there? I suppose part of it is that feeling that I had. Um, the music, the people, no one was rude to me. People were kind. But getting getting into the city in my Uber, yeah. there was a gentleman, he's probably mid-20s. He was in, like, I think it was a black skivvy in jeans on a bike with a baguette hanging out of the basket of the bike. Mm. <laughs> he's riding past. And um, I thought, okay, I'm here. Yes, uh, and we and, don't uh, expect that those kind of what we think are cliches, that's actually what it's like. It's <laughs> it's just, it, that's the real life. <laughs> that is it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, there's a scene in um, Devil Wears Prada when they first land in Paris mm. and Andy's looking out the window. She's craning her neck. Mm. And that was me. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's what I was doing. What's one tip that you would give to someone who's travelling to France for the first time? Um, okay, what I would say is take Anthony Bourdain's words and his tips, which I followed, mm. which are wander. Do what the French do. If you're going to uh, a cafe or a restaurant, don't go on the main drag, go down a side street. Grab just a baguette and sit in the park and eat it. Don't have a plan. Have maybe mm. one or two things you want to do in a day so you're in an area, mm. but don't plan it to the moment. Just experience it and go where it takes you. I tend to agree and I also, every time I go, buy a Paris pass. And the Paris pass yeah. I tend to get for two days, even when I'm going by myself, because if I want to go and see any of those touristy things or if I want to go to any galleries that are on the tourist trail to go through, if you've got a Paris pass, it's already paid for your entry. But the biggest save with that is your time. You can get in and out you don't have to queue up. You just go straight in. But also then you can save your other days for the meandering. So if you want to see anything touristy, you see them on consecutive two days and get that out the way if I've some particular things I really want to see. And then spend the mm. rest of my week or a few days or however long that's there actually just meandering and being in the moment and just going wherever the experience might take you. And I think that that's an experience that's quite authentic because you've just immersed yourself. Well, and I think that's great. And I intend to go again. I only had about eight days there, which was fine because I'd rather have a whole lot of wonderful than a little bit of not so wonderful to yeah. quote Steel Magnolias. Yeah. But, um, you know, I love how you go and you get your hair done. I yes. think that is fantastic. I love those little bits of real life that you experience while you're there. I will give you the link for Shalene Ramon. <laughs> she is out of this world. She is something else. Um, so next time you go there, you must go to Shalene. She's just incredible. I will have a beauty day and I will thank you for it. Oh, yeah, you will. Yes, <laughs> there's nothing quite like it anywhere else in the world. Now, every episode mm -hmm. of Little Bell's Francophiles, we share a recipe 
And you've just talked earlier about your view of Julia Child as your aunt growing up and also your love of French food, but your love of food, because clearly that's what you do with with working at USA Foods. Mm. What is your favourite French dish? Well, it's very simple. And I did have it uh, one afternoon at the Café St. Regis. Which and is my favourite was, uh... cafe in Paris, by the way. Did you know that? <laughs> on the on the Ile oh, Saint Louis, it's my favourite. That's exactly right. And we just I had a um, a chicken paella, mm-hmm. so you can pronounce it correctly for me. So it's just very simple pounded uh, chicken breast mm. that's marinated in wine and garlic and all things good like olive oil. A uh, bit of lemon juice, oh. and then it just quickly flash sautéed, basically, mm. and it's served with a rocket or arugula, rocket salad, mm. and cherry tomatoes. And <gasps> it was a warm afternoon. I I haven't had a bad bite of anything in Paris, but mm. it was the most simple dish. But it was the most magnificent, and that the taste of Paris to me, or taste of France. It's... And I had that with a glass of champagne, and it was. Perfect. It sounds beautifully fresh and uh, something that you would definitely remember. So I'll find the, a link for a recipe for a poulet paillard and put yeah, that on well, the website. Well, but you cook it yourself at home quite often now, don't you? Yeah, I do. Actually, the first week I got back from Paris, I relived my trip because I had this magnificent fish, grilled fish in a Bernay sauce. So we had oh. that one night. I mm. had the chicken one night. Um, I couldn't uh, redo the... Uh, Michelin star experience I was lucky mm-hmm. to have. And then we both had in the, the Marais we had at the Metro. Was it the Metro that's now closed? Mm-hmm. We both mm-hmm. had lunch there that, that time when you were there. Yeah. That was a magnificent one as well. And I was trying to make their mushroom soup, but there's only two in my family that have mushrooms, so it, it didn't go well. But, no. But, you know, I, worry about yourself. If it's your favourite, do what I say. So I would say that is my favourite French dish, and I still love escargot when mm. it's cooked for me. Now, one other thing that we share regularly on Little Bell's Francophiles in every episode is some French music, and we've shared things from traditional French music to new music to unknown artists to my friends and their works. So what is your favourite French music? Because I know you do listen to a bit. You and I have talked about this before. I do, and um, when I got off the plane, I managed to have the most lovely Uber driver, Alessi. Mm-hmm. He was magnificent. He was practicing his school English at oh, home, but he had the best music playing. So I just shazammed oh. all these songs on the way from the airport into um, I stayed near the Pantheon. So I just I had ages. Yeah, and my favorite was uh, "Muy Tranquilo" uh, by Dramatique. And, oh, um, yes. It is just chill and gorgeous, and I loved it. The and, chill um, French music. There was an, yes, it was just like you can just see yourself just strolling and modern, but, you know, drinking and ha- laughing, and I, I think you'll enjoy it. It takes me right back. It is a really lovely chilled piece. It is something that might help our Francophilers picture themselves back in Paris, and it's a kind of nice thing to think about during COVID when we can't travel. So thank you so much for chatting to us today and transporting me right back to one of my favourite parts of Paris in that little Latin quarter too, painting the picture of us there. I've really appreciated you giving us this time and loved our little chat. 
Oh, I did too. And you thank you for meeting me very early in the morning for a coffee. We, we did. We live, what, 15 minutes away from each other. We can't manage a coffee in the country. I know. We could in Paris. We have to go to Paris <laughs> before we can catch up for coffee. It's crazy. So thank you again. Merci. Oh, a, you. Now we will hear Muy Tranquilo.
was an instrumental piece by artist Grammatique called Muy Tranquilo. And I'll place the link for that on the Lulubelle's Francophiles website as well as some other French chill music recommendations from my Bellamy Barbara. So you can explore further if that's a genre for you. I will also place the recipe for the poulet pillard, which Barb described in mouthwatering detail earlier in the episode. It just sounds delicious. I will definitely be making that one soon. So c'est tout et c'est la fin aujourd'hui. That is all for another Lulabelle's Francophiles episode. I am loving hearing from Francophiles that you are enjoying being transported to France as much as I am. It was quite lovely today to chat to my dear friend Barb and reminisce about our brief catch-up in Paris, as well as just connect again with a place that feeds our souls. Subscribe on your favourite podcast platform or follow Lulabelle's Francophiles on Insta to be notified as soon as new episodes are available. Or head to the Little Bells Francophiles website, which is the place to stay connected to one of our fave destinations, France. Au revoir et à bientôt.